One of the residents here in our community called me this past week in response to receiving one of our postcard invitations. As we were talking about today's Easter services, he remarked, I sure don't envy your position this Sunday. (laughs) And I said, really? Why? He said, well, this world is a rip-roaring mess. Our country's divided over President Trump. Cost of gasoline keeps going sky high. School shootings are rampant. And you have to stand up in front of people this Sunday and spread a little Easter cheer. I don't envy your position at all. Later, as I was reflecting back upon our conversation, I thought to myself, man, if any Sunday out of the year should provide order in the midst of chaos, joy in the midst of sorrow, and hope in the midst of despair, Easter Sunday is it. I mean, this morning is all about resurrection. Today is about life. Easter is all about new beginnings. And in that light, I have actually look forward with enthusiasm to sharing today's lesson. I'm excited for what I have to share in these next few minutes. And so in anticipation of our time together, I asked Chuck Anderson if he would build a prop to help me illustrate the point of my message. And so he constructed this garden bridge you see here in front of you. Now, why would anyone ever build a bridge? I mean, they're difficult to build, they're unbelievably expensive, they're costly to maintain. So why would anyone ever build a bridge? The answer is simple. To span a chasm of some kind. People on one side of a deep ravine want to get to the other side of the ravine safely. Or from the land on one side of a body of water to the land on the other side of that same body of water. Bridges are built to get us from where we are across a chasm to where we want to be. This morning I want to talk to you about a different kind of chasm. A chasm that separates us from God. From the very first sin when Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden, down through the centuries we human beings have been instinctively aware of how far we are from God. There's this sense of the awesome, transcendent, holy God on one side of the chasm and the awful, dark, sinful us on the other side of the chasm. In fact, the more we discover about God's nature on the one hand and our nature on the other hand, the more we realize how wide and how deep this chasm really is. And it's this realization that raises the question, so how can we bridge this abyss that separates us from God? How can we get from where we are, estranged and alienated from God, to where we want to be, restored and reconciled to God? Well, throughout history, 
Men and women have tried desperately to bridge this chasm. One faith system after another has appeared. And each of these world religions has one thing in common, that is that the construction process to span the chasm of sin that separates us from God always starts on the human side. People say, okay, we're going to fly a little straighter, live a little more nobly, be a little more religious, pray a little harder, serve a little more, increase our charitable deeds. We're going to put forth our very best maximum effort to build our own bridge to God. The whole idea of religion is that through massive human construction effort, maybe through the course of a lifetime, we can be good enough or do good enough so that hopefully by the end of our lives we might be able to get to the other side and enjoy a relationship with God in the next life. Now, of course, the problem with any and all religions is that we have absolutely no assurance that our human effort is enough. There's never a sense of peace that we've actually been good enough or that we've done enough to bridge the chasm. At best, we're rolling the dice. We're staking our eternity on the bet that we can make it to the other side on our own. Now contrast that with biblical Christianity. The Bible says that there's no way that any human being could ever build a bridge. God. For example, Romans 3 and verse 23, uh uh-oh, there it is, tells us that everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. No amount of human effort, no matter how good or noble it may be, can ever close the gap between us and God. But here's the good news. What sets Christian faith apart from all man-made faiths, what distinguishes Christianity from worldwide religions, is that what we cannot do for ourselves, God did for us. Starting from His side, God built a bridge across the chasm of our sin to us. How? By sending His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to have to have your help. Karen, I'll just point to you. (laughs) 1 Timothy 2, verses 4 through 6 says that God longs for all to be saved and to understand this truth, that God is on one side and all the people on the other side, and Christ Jesus himself, man, is between them to bring them together by giving his life for all mankind. Ephesians chapter 2 puts it this way, You lived in this world without hope and without God, but now in union with Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought us peace. It is through Christ that all of us are able to come into the presence of the Father. Colossians 1. Verses 20 through 22 simply says, He made peace by means of His blood on the cross. This includes you who were once so far away from God, yet now He has brought you back as His friends. In one single act, 
Jesus' death on the cross, God satisfied His holiness that demands the death penalty for sin and His love that demands the forgiveness of sin. You might think of the crossbar on the cross as being the bridge that spans the chasm of sin from God's side all the way over to our side. And to seal the deal, to prove that this bridge really works, God raised Jesus from the grave, demonstrating His power over sin, death, and hell. This is the bridge to life. And now we have a choice. It's the most important decision any human being can make in his or her lifetime. Do I abandon my own human construction project and walk across the bridge that God built for me through Jesus Christ? Or do I just keep on trying to be good and do good and try to reconcile with God all by myself? That's a decision each and every one of us will make during the course of our lifetime. I was 16 years old when I decided to walk across the bridge God had provided. Although I'd grown up in a church-going family and been taught the Bible since I was old enough to understand, I still didn't get it. I had my hard hat on and my tools in hand, and I was trying my hardest to be acceptable to God. I was on that performance treadmill... I was in church every time the door was open. I was reading my Bible and praying every day. I was serving wherever I could. I was doing my best to obey God's laws and commands. I mean, sure, I had some faults, but I was a pretty good guy. (laughs) Fortunately, a friend of mine who had just crossed the bridge himself took the time to explain to me the futility of my bridge-building efforts. He helped me to understand that God had already built the bridge for me. So I did what any sane, reasonable person would do when they finally get it. I took off my hard hat and I laid down my tools and I crossed over that bridge into a personal relationship with God. Friend, the good news of Easter... The reason why I'm so optimistic and full of joy despite our world circumstances is that anybody including you, can quit trying to build their own bridge through religion and human effort and can walk across the bridge that God has already constructed from Him to us. Friend, you can come home to God. That's the Easter message that is resounding all over the world today. A bridge has been constructed and anybody can walk across it this very day. Now, how does someone cross this bridge? What do we need to do to cross over into a saving relationship with God? Well, it's as simple as ABC. A, acknowledge your sin and separation from God. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. It all starts right there with that acknowledgement. And acknowledge that your own bridge-building efforts are futile. B, believe in the bridge that God has provided through Jesus Christ. Have faith. Fully trust in Christ and in Him alone to be the forgiver, the Savior, 
of your life because there is salvation in no one else. He is the only way. And then C, confirm your commitment and allegiance to Jesus as the leader, the boss, the Lord of your life. Openly and unashamedly declare your decision to cross over this bridge. That begins, I believe, with your lips. As you make a public profession of your faith before God, before Satan, before the world, before the church, before your family and friends, you just let everybody know, I have made this commitment. And I am going to walk over this bridge into a personal relationship with God. You not only do it with your lips, but you also then do it the rest of your life with your life. You turn from your sin and you wholeheartedly follow Christ. You obey His commands. You walk in His footsteps. You work to become Christ-like in your life. And that's a lifelong process. So what happens when someone crosses this bridge? We discover life. Abundant life and eternal life. Abundant life, life with real meaning and purpose. Jesus himself promised in John 10 and verse 10, I have come that you might have life. Life in all its fullness. And then of course eternal life. Life beyond this earthly life in heaven. John 3.16 reminds us that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's focus on this eternal life for just a moment. In a sense, Jesus is the bridge from this life to the next. From earth to heaven. His resurrection that we celebrate today is the assurance of our own resurrection. His life beyond the grave gives us hope of our own life beyond the grave. Now, quite honestly, death is something that we would rather avoid. Even though last time I checked, the death rate was something like 100%. And yet we're still shocked when someone we know is we know dies, we're numb. We would rather just not deal with it. We would rather believe that death is something that happens to someone else. It's not going to happen to us. And part of what drives this denial is that we're just not too certain what lies beyond death. So we'd rather not think about it. And I just want to say that we better think about it especially if we're not prepared to meet God on the other side. Again, this bridge, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, is a bridge from death to life, from earth to heaven. We don't have to be uncertain about the hereafter any longer. If we choose to cross over this bridge, we can have the assurance of spending eternity with God in heaven. 1 John 5, verses 11-13 through 13 tells us God gave us eternal life. This life is in His Son. So whoever has the Son has life. Whoever rejects the Son rejects life. Then John says, My purpose in writing is simply this, that you who believe in God's Son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. Do you have that assurance of eternal life today? If you've crossed this bridge, you do. 
If not, wouldn't you like to know that you're going to go to heaven when you die? You can if you choose to cross this bridge today. You know, heaven's going to be an incredible place. There will be no physical infirmities or emotional wounds or psychological scars. We'll receive a new resurrection body. Well, I can't wait for that one. And we'll all be healed. (laughs) We'll we'll live in wholeness. It will be a place of rich relationship, an environment of unparalleled beauty where we won't have to worry about terrorism or recession or crime or disease or death. I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. Would you do that? I want you just to imagine heaven. As I read some verses from the book of Revelation describing heaven, I want you just to imagine what an incredible place that this is going to be. So just close your eyes and listen to these verses. One of the angels carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. It will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Yeah. 
today's Easter service to a close, I want you to take one more really focused look at this bridge, this bridge that God built from Him to us. And I'd like to challenge you to take one of two action steps this morning. First, many of us have already chosen to walk across this bridge. As Christ's followers, we have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We enjoy abundant life here on this earth, and we are assured of eternal life in heaven. But have we lost the sense of wonder and awe of what God really did 
before us? Or have we taken a step backward and we've put on our hard hat and our tool belt and we're trying once again to be acceptable to God by our own human effort? Perhaps we, perhaps you, need to revisit the bridge today. In fact, in just a few moments when the service closes, we're going to provide you with the opportunity to come and to walk across this bridge as a symbol of walking across the bridge, the bridge that God has provided for us. And you can spend some time here just reflecting and rediscovering the wonder and the awe of God's love for you. You can take off your hard hat and your tool belt. You can get off that performance treadmill and just accept God's amazing grace. Second, some of you have not yet chosen to walk across this bridge. You're you're still over on this side, separated from God because of your sin. Perhaps you've been trying, hoping that somehow you could be good enough or you could do good enough to build your own bridge to God. Now, if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, please don't miss this. Your own human effort is futile. Give up religion. It doesn't work. Give up trying to please God on your own because you'll always fall short. Instead, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what He has already done for you. Choose today to walk over the bridge that God has provided into abundant and eternal life. And so in just a few moments, we're going to provide you with an opportunity to come and to walk across this bridge. And as you walk across this little garden bridge, you can let that be symbolic of your commitment that you're making in your heart and your life to embrace the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ personally for you. I'd like for you to take this little red card out of your bulletin. Would you do that right now, everybody? A little card in your bulletin. It's a picture of the bridge on the front and it says, My response to the bridge today. A couple of commitments that you could make. First, you might check that box that says, I made a first time commitment to Christ. If that's where you are today and you're walking across this bridge for the very first time and you're saying yes to Jesus and you're making a commitment to Him as the Savior and the Lord of your life, then you can check that box. I encourage you to do that right now. Or if you've already walked across this bridge, but you're ready to make a recommitment of your life to Jesus Christ today, you might check that second box. It's a time for recommitment, a time to come back to the bridge and visit it once again and to just spend some time here reflecting on what God has done as He's all in for you and and you can say to Him, God, I'm all in for you. Just as you were for me. And notice I allowed a room there for some comments. What's this bridge mean to you? You might be able to just express that in a sentence or two there. 
And just express your praise and your thanksgiving to God for the bridge that He's provided. You can put your name at the bottom down there. This is kind of a way to seal the deal. Kind of a way to make this commitment, whether it's a first-time commitment or a recommitment, it's kind of a way for you to, to say, you know what, I'm serious about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stand. I'm going to make a commitment today. And as you spend some time up here in just a few moments, once you've crossed over this bridge, you can drop that card right in that basket right there and leave it there before the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for prayer right now. Would you do that? And then after my prayer, you're dismissed. However, the invitation is open for you to come and to cross this bridge, to spend some time up here this morning reflecting on God's redemptive plan, to recommit yourself to Christ as you rediscover the wonder and the awe of God's love, or to commit yourself to Christ for the very first time. The invitation song, Just As I Am, will invite you to come. You might just want to spend some time. We're going to just leave it open-ended here, by the way. We're going to take as long as we need to for this. You can just come. and You might want to spend some time maybe even in your pew for a while just reflecting on this and filling out that little card. and Because uh, the words to Just As I Am will be up on the screen. You might want to sing them even before you come to the bridge. But we're just going to open it up for anybody and everybody who wants to come to come. Just as I am. I can tell you this, though. You might come just as you are, but you will not leave just as you came. Because this bridge is life-changing. It really is. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd move in the hearts of people right now at this moment. You're calling us to commitment this morning. For some, that may mean the very first time to say yes and walk across this bridge. For many of us, we just need to come back to the bridge and remind ourselves of your awesome love for us and what you did for us. We just need to revisit that and recommit ourselves to you today. So I pray that you would move in the hearts of people this morning. Thank you for the bridge. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. The song is going to play just as I am. Mm-hmm.